Welcome, friends, to another episode of Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. I am your host, Curtis Kopotic, and I am joined by my co-host, Amber Brown, and we have another wonderful Frequently Asked Questions about how to get a training camp or how to improve the training of your workforce. So we brought back our expert on the subject, Michael Escobar. He's a director with Fit for Work. And he has well over 10 plus years of experience and been an integral part of starting, running, and improving these training camps throughout the U.S. at many different clients. So we're looking forward to his expertise and what he has to share on how to get these training camps implemented at your location. Incorporating a lifting lab or training camp was one of our suggestions in podcast about increasing your workforce through safety. We've brought Michael Escobar back to dive a little deeper into how this all breaks down. Uh, Michael, speaking to the on-site safety personnel and others on-site responsible for new hires, let's kind of cover the quick basics of what, why, and where of training camps and lifting labs that you've seen for workforces. The what, why, and where of lifting labs? Well, the idea is pretty simple you got to have the right worker for the right job. So the idea is to condition these folks ergonomically and uh, cardiopulmonarily, and then, you know, the, the muscular endurance component all goes into play. But the idea is to keep the worker safe once they hit the floor. High application and high u- utility through real-world job task training. So let's talk about this. Uh, I mean, you, you've started many of these and you've gotten them going. So what are those things that an employer has to look for to make sure that they make it both functional and realistic and affordable? Well, number one, you look at the onboarding process. So you have to make sure that it goes in the flow with that process. That first week, first two weeks, you're bringing that individual on board. Secondly, you've got to have the right material, space, and time. And it's critical. So uh, once you identify these pieces, make sure you have enough there that's tangible for effective training. And then lastly, the carryover effect. You have to have some sort of sustainable carryover and sustaining uh, what you've initiated on the training side. Now, when you talk about space, what is the smallest uh, and biggest areas? So just give people kind of a range of sizes that you've seen, just so they can you know, have that feel for what might be applicable for them. Yeah, well, tr- traditionally, what you're talking about is a warehousing setting. And, and moreover, it can be just any kind of setting, whether it be construction or manufacturing. So the size and scope of the program really depends on the type of uh, size uh, classes, if you will, the numbers of new hires you're bringing in each week or each month, that'll allow you to evaluate what kind of size and space you need, materials, so on and so forth. So it really just depends. It works well in about in a group of three to five setting. You can almost use any space available. You know, I even had a, a client that was looking at using an old box truck and then and put setting up some racking in some different situations in an old box truck because they didn't have the warehouse space. So we were we were looking at any and, and every possibility to get a, a training camp and lifting lab going. Michael, why is incorporating a program such as this um, important for the overall safety recruitment and retention of the workforce? Number one, it it sets up expectations and job knowledge. Job knowledge, the individuals know exactly what they're getting themselves into. They know exactly what the job entails. And then secondly, they'll know what they need to do to keep themselves safe while they're performing those jobs and tasks. And then, you know, long term, you're looking at keeping those folks around and retaining them for as long as possible. And during that course of time, keeping them safe 
in regard to injury numbers of any sort, whether it be musculoskeletal or a slip, trip, and fall or anything in that in that way. Yeah, when, when doing these programs, it really seems to make a difference when you are able to give these individuals the confidence they need to get on the floor. The worst case I saw of some individual who went through what at the time was a pretty poor training is he, he almost started throwing things because he was so frustrated. Have you seen that difference from somebody who is frustrated at a site because they don't know what's going on compared to those where there is good training and they have more confidence? The confidence is readily seen. There's no doubt about it, Curtis. You hit the nail on the head right there. Through repetition, through appropriate verbal cues and job coaching, uh, discussing you know the, the behaviors and, and the desired behaviors that you want on the floor and identifying what you don't want, identifying risks and hazards. Well, all that helps. You know, you, you reach and you truly hit that cognitive root that allows for behavioral change when you go through these steps with an individual and you do it in a very practical way. In doing so, you just get a much better individual overall, whether they have experience in this particular field of work or not. Michael, we brought you back on because you have been an integral part of starting various lifting lab and and training programs at a variety of locations. You know, if there's a, a safety personnel listening to the podcast today, what's the first step that they need to take to begin thinking about this or implementing this? What what's the number one thing that they can take home today? The number one thing you can take home today is let's get a training module together that makes sense for the employees hitting the floor. If you know the physical demand is high, well, with that physical demand becomes an increased risk. If you know that much, you know you need to have something in place. And the first step you need to take is very simply outlining how much time that would be during your onboarding process. It doesn't even have to be a full day. A solid half day, four hours or so, in a very comprehensive way, you can have some really good success with that alone. So that's where I would start. And then finally, what, what could you say is something where you see these type of things fall short? What is a, kind of a common mistake people make when trying to get something like this going? The biggest mistake I see is that there's no sustain, sustainment on the back end. The training, whether it be four minutes, four hours, or four days, you've got to have some sustainment. It's much akin to starting off a a workout program, wanting to lose weight, and you hit the gym and and you're running and doing all those kinds of things, eating the right things, and it only lasts for a very short time. The consistency with these pieces, especially after the formal training is performed, is the critical, most important part of the program itself. You're going to have to have some periodic audit, some follow-up follow through some degree of sustainment program in place to ensure the training has uh, has met its goals, its purpose, and, and the desired outcomes that we all want. We just want to thank you, Michael, for taking time and your expertise again for our listeners in the quick heavy hitters of how to implement a lifting lab or training program at their site. So thanks a lot for being with us again today. Anytime. Thank you so much. Once again, we want to thank Michael for taking time out of his day to help all of you listeners get a jump start on training camp or lifting lab in your area. I really liked how he brought up just making sure there's consistency and how that can lead to confidence in your employees. And we know that when they're confident about what they're doing and they're working effectively, a lot 
uh, times that just naturally leads right into safety as well. So thank you all for listening to this episode of Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And to get started preventing injuries or a lifting lab, visit our website at wellworkforce.com or email us podcast at wellworkforce.com with any questions or comments. And remember, prevention improves lives.